people call people failures every day. People sometimes think that they are failures. Uh, but I decided to challenge that word. And that's what that book is talking about. Me challenging the word failure. Within three years of release, two out of three ex-offenders are rearrested. Clearly, something is broken. It's time we strategize ways to prevent repeat offenses. Our brainstorming session starts now. Welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon. Hello and welcome to A Prisoner's Pardon Podcast. I'm your host, Michi J. Are you finding it hard to motivate a loved one who is locked up? I know some of us have been on calls and just can hear that depression all in their voice. And we just want to know, how can we help them? Well, have you ever thought about enrolling them in a real estate training program? Yes, there is a real estate program that can help inmates. Today's guest is Anthony Pierre, and he is a best-selling author, real estate investor, and entrepreneur. He's also an ex-con who has made it his business to help his fellow prisoners get a fresh start in life. Well, we'll get to my chat with Anthony in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about a fundraiser to help support this podcast. We have designed some great hoodies and T-shirts that displays the model for a Prisoner's Pardon podcast. And that is, I rest my case on grace. The meaning is everything is dependent on the grace of God and there's nothing else that can solve whatever problem one may have. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please go to bonfire.com slash store slash prisoners pardon. I also have some exciting news. It's a prisoner's pardons children's book and it's coming out in two weeks just in time for Christmas. It's called Pharaoh's Butler and Baker. It's written for kids, but has a message for all ages. And that is to rest your case on grace. If you know the biblical account in Genesis, it's based on the actual case of Joseph when he was imprisoned and interpreted the dreams of both the butler and the baker who were in prison with him. It also tells the outcome of both the butler's case and the baker's case. The reason for this book is to encourage fathers, especially those who are incarcerated or have been, to read to their children. A father bonding with their children is critical and the most important thing a father can do in life. If you haven't already, please sign up for my emails. Go to prisonersparting.com and we will send out the link for purchase when it is available. Thank you so much for supporting a prisoner's pardon in what we all do here. Now, let's listen to my chat with Anthony. As we have learned, either through listening to my podcast here or just through experience or from some other sources, I've, I've seen that it's been really hard for ex-felons to find employment. And it's really, really a big obstacle. I just keep hearing about it all the time. So right now today we have here a special guest. His name is Anthony Pierre and he has faced this obstacle, but we're going to listen to his story and find out what he did when faced with this. So Anthony is a um, successful real estate 
investor. You know, he has programs that has been started in the state Ohio prison system through the Urbana University. Anthony actually was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, where he is currently, where he currently lives with his wife and his four children. And he's also written his first book called Boundless Success. Please welcome Anthony to the show. Welcome, Anthony. Hey, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And I'm really interested to hear about what you have done and what you're doing now. And just tell us your story. Of course, as you've already mentioned, I'm Anthony Pierre. I'm an actual real estate investor. I would probably consider myself a serial entrepreneur. Uh, <laughs> been in my, been you know starting businesses for many years. I uh, started my first business when I was uh, just out of college, uh, which is a company called Magtone Investments, and uh, end up uh, also becoming vice president of a company I became part owner with, which was called Ace Mortgage, which became the first minority-owned mortgage lender in the tri-state of Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. Uh, so those were kind of my starts. Uh, Magtone Investments became an investment company where we purchased distressed properties. And I kind of got my start there by purchasing my first piece of real estate, uh, which was a, a 10, 10 unit building and kind of just started from there. Went from there and then I purchased purchasing like 17 houses within that six, that 17 properties within six months and kind of grew a, a pretty successful real estate uh, investment bill of business. And that was kind of my thing. And then, you know, briefly after that, we had a couple of markets that changed. Uh, we had, you know, yeah. crashed of, uh, of 2008. Just eight. Yeah, I remember that. 2008. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you know, and then we also, there was also a market, you know what I'm saying, shift in 2004 as well. That was kind of, well, we had, well, matter of fact, right around 9-11 was one thing that happened that affected our business. Uh, just mm -hmm. simply because we invested not only in real estate, but we also invested in the uh, stock market, which cost us to lose probably about like $26 million in the market and put our company in, in dire straits. And then, you know, continue to build. Right. From there, you know, you then you had 2008 and then that market, you know, end up, you know, that was a bad one. <laughs> yeah. And at that time, you know, we were, you know, we still were doing OK. I think I, my company alone was doing maybe about 40, 40, 50,000 a month in revenue. It just, let me let me ask you a question. Your book is called Boundless Success. Mm -hmm. Why that? Why that name? Well, I mean, this that's a co collaboration with me and other authors. Uh, it's about mm -hmm. it's, it's 29 other authors. A lot of them are extremely successful. Uh, all of them are extremely successful. Some of them are multimillionaires that we came together out of, in our group and put this, uh, our authors group, and put this particular book together, me headlining it, uh, Balanced Success, basically because we, you know, my ideal is that, you know, I believe that just it is balanced. Your success is balanced. And, you know, but the biggest thing that most people deal with in order to be successful is the mindset. So this book is a little bit about my story, but but more so about mindset and helping you know people really look at their lives from the right perspective and mm -hmm. actually uh, giving them the energy uh, that they need to meet the challenges that mm -hmm. they faced in their lives. And then just giving them a fresh perspective from different aspects of, of lives and different people's lives on how, you know, you will just see similarities in yourself and everyone in terms of different challenges that they've had to face and overcome throughout their lives to really get where they are in life. So if I have a challenge of getting out of prison, will Absolutely. I be able to use this book if I was getting out of prison? 
I, yeah, you. I mean, absolutely. I mean, because my story is in there, and and I talk about you know my time in the prison and, and how I utilized it and how I changed my mindset. I even take you from the first day I got arrested, and give you what my mind was at, you know, and what I was thinking, and then I gradually take you through the process and help you see how, by going through that process, how I changed my mindset. And in the book, uh, the title uh, that I discuss is is that there's no such thing as failure. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, something that I believe a lot of people look at life and they say, hey, people call people failures every day. People sometimes think that they are failures. Uh, but I decided to challenge that word. And that's what that book is talking about. Me challenging the word failure. You can make a mistake, but that doesn't that doesn't define your whole life. I would say that you can be successful, you know, because I know what I've done in itself and you make a mistake and you just kind of characterize yourself. It's a total failure, and that's not right. You just get back up. Well, know? the only time you can, you think about mm -hmm. it, any time in history when you look at something that fails, it has to stop mm -hmm. actually working completely, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so for something to fail, it has to stop working. You know what I mean? So, right. So if if you have an obstacle in your life, the only way you can technically be a failure is if you stop, mm -hmm. if you quit, if you give up. Going to agreement with it. <laughs> right, exactly. So so really, in my opinion, I just feel like there's no such thing as failure because okay. life, you know what I'm saying, is brings everyone challenges. And as long as you get up, see, mm -hmm. sometimes you may look at yourself as a failure because you may be dealing with depression and dealing with something in your life. But really, life comes in small successes. So the success may be, hey, you finally got your butt out of bed that day, mm -hmm. you got up. Right. That's a success. Like, yes. and then small things. That, you know what I'm saying? You, yeah, small things, man. And then mm -hmm. finally, you know, that one person finally that called you and just gave you the right type of energy that you needed at that moment to really see your see value in yourself. Uh, and then before you know it, you off and you're going. And, and we all need that. And we all should thirst and look for that. Because if you change your mindset and not look at everything as if like, oh, it's all over. It's a failure. Everything I did, you know, is just a disaster now. And you look at that, then you're going to actually, it becomes a direct result of that. Because our minds are so powerful. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer in our, a subconscious mind. I just believe that positivity is really the healer, you know what I'm saying, of problems. It, it, you know, and what I mean by that is that mm -hmm. what you put in your mind, you know what I'm saying, affects you drastically. So the subconscious mind is so powerful is that if it's what we use to solve problems and everything. So right. if mm -hmm. you tell yourself you can't do something, the subconscious mind automatically shuts down because you've already told it it can't do it. So, right. So what did you, Anthony, so what did you do? What was that turning point for you? Like, how long were you locked up first off? Well, I was locked up for six years. I ended up catching a case right around 2009, right around the time when the market you know, had collapsed and all that stuff was going on. I was doing pretty successful with the real estate, decided to do a, uh, a favor for a friend that was, you know, in still still in a dope game and still messing around trying to get his make his way out he's one of my really good friends and i've been trying to help him for years mm -hmm. in transition 
And uh, this particular time was it, you know, an opportunity for him to transition. And I ended up doing a favor because he was in the jam form and I ended up getting jammed up in all of his mess simply because I'm successful with the real estate. They start looking at me and saying, hey, maybe he's the guy behind it. He's the ones with all these properties and houses and cars. And, you know, so uh, that became a big political thing. But more importantly, they started using me more so like a pawn in order to try to get him as well. Uh, I had an opportunity to, you know, walk away from that situation uh, by, you know, being which, which, in in our in our neighborhood we call a snitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a chance to do that, and and I would have walked away. But you know, the decision I made put me into that predicament. But I wasn't going to ruin other people's lives off a of mistake that I made because I shouldn't have never even been in that predicament in the first place because I should have never even made that decision. But I made that decision. I was willing to deal with the consequences. But instead, the system Thank you. Yeah. Prefers, the system prefers to bring other people, destroy other people's lives and drag it out where you you tearing up communities, taking people from their homes simply because they're trying to, you know, uh, make a living that may not be the right way at that particular time. So I ended up losing everything in that sense. And I ended up getting convicted. But yeah, we're going to, I agree that yes, but our decision does cost us um, either, you know, good things or bad things. And we just need to know how to redirect it because I think our, our community, both of us are from the black community and we have a lot to uh, entrepreneurs that, you know, at times they're in the wrong profession. (laughs) So, and it's criminal and we, you know, they have the talent and the skills, but we just need to help redirect it um, into something legal. So definitely we need to watch who we be around and uh, be careful of our decisions, but thank you for just, you know, taking responsibility for that and definitely don't want to take away from that so what so he you said your friend he wanted to get into that business you knew how so you you helped him right you helped him how well I mean again uh like I said I was I I ended up getting convicted and going to prison for six years had Mm -hmm. nothing to do with with my my friend and good friend he was in a different situation while I was in while I was in prison uh, for this case that I took, I ended up having people that knew about what I was doing when I was out on the street. They knew that I was an investor. They used to see our commercials. So I had one particular individual, my uh, bunkie, he was like, hey, I, I see everything that you've been doing, man. And, you know, I heard about you. I really want to learn how to invest in real estate. And at that time, I was in a different mindset. At that time, I was more spiritual. I just, you know, I became one of your witnesses. I you know, got mm-hmm. baptized. I was focusing on ministry mm-hmm. and things like that and just focusing on self. So at that moment, I, I had to figure out, okay, well, if I do teach in real estate, I can't, I got to think, I got to teach it from a different perspective. Yes. Teach <laughs> it from the perspective that they're going to see out in the world where everything is about, oh, make a whole lot of money, get rich. I had to kind of use it as a, a moral foundation to teach them to look inner into themselves in terms of, our, and then I had to challenge our community and our community way of thinking and the reason why we all were sitting here okay. and then what we were going to do moving forward yeah. and how this vehicle, you know, saying it's something that you can actually use to do that. So yes. I yes. started, so I started, mm-hmm. I, I figured out how I wanted to do that. And then I decided to uh, to teach them. And then one interesting thing, which I put this out there for everyone, because we all do it. 
is that I've always had people say, hey, man, I want to learn, man, I want to know what you do. And man, give me your card and whatever. And I'm going to, you know, call you. And, and he said, all right, we're great. And you give me that card and then they never call you, right? You never hear right. from them, right? And we all do that, you mm-hmm. know, uh, when we see somebody that actually opened the door that is successful and you say, hey, you know what? I'm interested. I really want to learn, but we never follow through. Well, he followed through. He was like, <laughs> I want to get this done. When can we start? Can okay. we start Monday? Can we start what day? You know, so that was really something that I like because you know, it's hard to teach people when they not really, you know, like if even if you put it out there, people will, if something is free or if something doesn't cost, they'll put, they'll put themselves out there just to test it. And then if they like it, great. If they don't, great, because they don't have anything invested. Right. Me, I needed to see that he was really serious and that he was really ready to invest. So what so did you do? I, so what I told him, I says, look, I says, yeah, we'll start. I'll teach you. I says, but here's what I want you to do. I says, I want you to take all the notes and I want you when you go, because he worked at the, he worked outside of the prison at the auto school and they had access to computers. So oh. I told him, I says, look, I'll do all the notes. I'll give you all the information. I'll teach you everything that I know. I says, but you have to take notes. And I says, and then you have to type those notes up because I don't want to have to continue to keep doing this because there's other people that's probably going to want to learn. So we're going to do one and done. And then that way I have that information that I teach you available to other inmates that may want to learn. He was like, absolutely. I'll type up everything. I do whatever you need me to do. And that was like the start of it. So I sat down with him one, uh, you know, for a couple of hours once a week and taught him, uh, you know, Everything I know, I, I designed a, a four-week program that was designed strictly for inmates to help them when they, from day one, when they entered the streets, it, mm-hmm. was called, it was called Four Phases to Becoming a Successful Real Estate Investor. And I broke it up in uh, to those phases and I broke out everything. Phase one, I taught them about understanding the money, banking and financing, taught them how the money works, the money chain, mm-hmm. you know, how, to, how to raise money. Also taught them, you know, just understanding, you know, the banking system in general. So when they got out, they could understand what was necessary. What did they need to do? Step, step one, step two. I had a term which I called the perfect mirror. I taught them how to become the perfect mirror. And what that means is, is becoming a perfect mirror to the banks. You become the perfect client to them. You know exactly what they're looking for. So for day one, when you get out, you start putting the steps together. So you become that perfect mirror to them. I like that. Turn and I thought, mm-hmm. yeah. So that so that was uh that was what I taught them. And then I had the 24 month rule. I gave them put together a 24 month plan from day one, what they would do step by step when they got out, 24 mm-hmm. months up to purchasing their first house, uh, their first properties. And then mm-hmm. after they purchased their first properties, they had six months, then a year, then a three-year, five-year, then 10-year plan. You know what? I like that because, you know, like within three years, you know, that's that recidivism rate um, that they usually go back. But if you having like a plan like that and them actually seeing those accomplishments, I believe they just really have a good chance of breaking that. And for you to design it into four phases and then it's very um, doable. Yeah, yeah. You you didn't say within six months or anything. You said 24 months. That's very doable. That's realistic. And do you still you you design those um, those phases? Do you still have that plan available for people? Uh, Last year, I started uh, for just the public. I started a state master's uh, real estate academy and it has some of the same concepts that I taught them. 
uh, end there, but a little bit more advanced, a little bit more information. I slowed it down for them because I knew that they were going to have a lot of challenges when they came out. So I addressed mm -hmm. the challenges with them and mm -hmm. gave them the tools to just focus in on what they need to do day out, day in, what day, what should you be doing? What should be your focus? So phase one, they understood what they need to do to prepare themselves to get the money. Phase two, they understood all the strategies that they need to put in place and they knew how to work those strategies with nothing. I taught them how to take an $8 an hour job and turn it into millions. How do you do that? And that's that was, wonderful. Like and the that was the steps that they were able to see step by step. And it was realistic. And it was like, oh, and that's why that 24 month rule was the foundation that was laid to help them to be able to get to the point where they could start, you know, making, you know, a lot of money as a business. Okay. Uh, when you said you, you said it was um, a, a general public one. And it's also one for if it's they have to wait until they get out before they start this. The one that I have, we have some, we have one that was in prison and it's, it was in the Ohio prison system, but it's not something that's been, you know, given to all the prisons around the U.S., uh, but it's something that eventually maybe, you know, we could potentially do that. Uh, we are, with the pandemic kind of slowed things down, we was not able to, I have not been able to get back into the prison system like I would like because they just had everything shut down. So yeah, depending on what's happening and what's going forward, and also uh, my program was being taught in Urbana, but because of the pandemic, it shut down too. So I don't know if the school has I know one of the guys that that was one of my uh you know pupils that I taught he's not over there anymore but we have other ones that's there but I don't know if they're allowing them to teach anymore but I know for a fact that it's still being taught uh in the uh in the dorms uh okay. so so that's that's one of the so so, that's so is, is it started back up or not so you're saying it is started back up it's it, it has never stopped okay it's never it was inside it was inside the actual college where okay. they can go get certified but it has always been taught by specific inmates because even when the college has shut down for the pandemic those guys kept it going do you they think stop teaching it is there a way to um get people this to uh, this program to family members so that they can support them in this is there a possibility of something like that like say if i'm calling my brother if he's interested in real estate, he's in Illinois prisons. Mm -hmm. So how would I get him started in this? I'll talk to him about it and see if he's interested. And what should I do next once I do I mean, that? I mean, if it's other, if you have other people around the world that's actually interested in implementing uh, that particular system, mm -hmm. then I would have to actually specifically uh, set up something for them uh, in general, for maybe their families to be able to reach out and also gain access uh, to materials and things that they need in order to uh, systematically provide that program. That was a 16-week program, so there was a lot of detail, a lot of information uh, that was given to them, and it was taught to them hands-on. So I would have to actually, uh, if they haven't been taught by me directly or had that information, then we would have to kind of cater it to, to fit 
them being able to do it more from a study guide type of uh, perspective, which right now I don't have that set up to be able to go international with that. But I do have access to for those that when they get out of prison, that they can have access to a program, an online program that we do have that they can get access to right now. But one to be sent into prison and go through whatever protocols you need to do to get a program in there. I don't have anything set up like yeah, that. Yeah, and it would depend on the prison too, like what sort of rules they have, because it seemed like each one have different rules. And each state is different too. Yeah. So when you're going from state to state and you're doing something like, can it be done? Absolutely. But I think that that is something that you got to deal with state legislation. You got to deal with prisons in, in different prisons. Illinois is different than Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be something that you, and then you got state prisons, you got federal prisons. So you want the federal prisoners would probably want the program as well. So that would be something that you, we would have to work, you know, we have to kind of uh, work on that right now. Like I said, I just opened up the academy uh, or for anybody can actually access it around the world, uh, the information uh, in that sense. But as in, far as yeah, up I would have that in the in the show notes. I'm gonna take that because some people listening will uh, want to e- you know either do it themselves or they have family members that may not have long before they um, they are being released and they can talk, it'll be case by case and, and they can ask you questions and you can probably direct them or, you know, with the information I can provide in the show notes and they can ask those questions because um, it's different for each state and facility um, like that. So that is good to design something specifically and help them and to keep their mind focused and to you know, just design it according to those, with you being inside, you know, their mindset and you kept talking about mindset and you, you're challenging them. I like how you told them, had them make an investment first, because they usually, they'll say this, but they don't follow through. But I like how you have them invest in themselves that way to make sure that they are serious about it, because you don't want to just waste your time and you want, you know, want to make the time for people that are serious about um, getting involved with real estate. So um, what what's the hardest thing the, is it to do when you're doing something like that? What's the hardest thing to do? One thing that I learned from teaching in prison is that you're dealing with teenagers all the way up to 70 year old man that is thirsting to learn how to invest and, and, and change their lives and, and yeah. to look at life from a different perspective and really learn. So uh, so that was the biggest challenge for me is being able to create the system in a way that everyone could learn. Uh, so what yeah. I ended up doing to meet that challenge is, is that I had I had a similar rule, a military rule, like no man left behind. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I started taking the elite students that were at a at a at a higher level that understood that that was that got things quickly, and I started putting them into groups and heading groups. So that in that way, when I am giving the information, when students would would have issues. It would be people within their group that understood that can reiterate, like, here's what he's talking about. Here's what he needed. And that's how we create so many leaders within my my class, because I was teaching the average college student in the the university. The average class size was 10 uh, 10 to 12 students. My classes were 35 to 12. Wow, that is huge. That's that's big. 
that's that's huge. So to yeah. be like that, and and I end up telling them to extend the extra ten chairs for that purpose because I, you know, I knew that it was a a lot of people, a lot of demand. The list was already you know booked for the first couple of years of students being able to get in this class. So I, I try to get as many of them as I could, but I knew that that was going to be the challenge because it was it was it was such a wide disparity from 17 to like 70 years old. But it ended up working. I also provided uh, data uh, weekly, uh, also about it, which we call study hall. So they had you know an hour you know that they can come and to to the study hall and we'll go over uh, their homework and things that you know they had trouble with learning. So I found that that was effective because that allows them to be able to grasp the terminology, understand the math behind it, and not more importantly, understand the philosophy and strategies uh, of investing. Uh, because some of that stuff can can seem complicated when you're just hearing it for the first time. But when you're able to see it on a board or somebody break it down into like simple steps, uh, it made it a lot easier for them. And it helped those that may have not been as deficient in school or may have just had challenges. And, and then after every class, I always made sure that they filled out you know, a report on, you know, evaluation report on the class and stuff like that. So it was always nice to hear the students. And I still got them to this day where you hear the students saying that, hey, you know, this class changed my life. This has helped me look at life from a different perspective. You know, all these, you know, wonderful things that that came from that class, that was like the fuel to make me to continue teaching it. Uh, because at the end of the year, the evaluations mm-hmm. in terms of their learning or what they needed, and they were actually getting exactly what they need, especially when they're saying things like, this is the best course I've ever taken, you know, ever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so it, so it's, and it showed the need for people wanting to have financial literacy in that particular space, uh, a real estate, you know? Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it's going to be, yeah. Cause it can just, even if they're not trying to get in, um, real estate. Well, that was the first half of the show with Anthony Pierre. Anthony talked about a lot about his blueprint to successful real estate training for inmates. What I found most enlightening was how he was able to train so many people who had so many different levels of education. His approach and his success at doing this was really amazing. We don't even see this kind of teaching on the outside. Well, there's still more to hear. So tune in next week to hear part two of Anthony Pierre's real estate training courses for inmates. Remember to follow us on social media. I'll post those links in the show notes. And thank you for tuning in today. Until next time, I'm Michi J. Wishing you a week filled with blessings. Thanks for tuning in to the show. For more information on our guests and resources, visit prisonerspardon.com. If you're enjoying the content, follow, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, please be sure to leave a rating and review. Until next time, God bless.